It's time for the Horror Attic Podcast. The Horror Attic Podcast. It's a deep dive into horror movies, memorabilia, and monster monsters. You scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Turn, out the Turn out the lights. Crank up the sound. And welcome, and welcome to, the to the attic. It's time for the Horror Attic Podcast. Welcome back to the Horror Attic Podcast. I'm Ray. Uh, if you missed it last week, you got to go check out last week's episode uh, of the podcast. Uh, we talked about a top five last week and the top five werewolf movies. So if you've got an opinion on that, uh, you can always check it out. Uh, we had a collector's corner where the guys talked about some things that they liked that they recently got that you mm-hmm. might like. And you never know what's going to pop up in that. Plus, pretty soon at the thehorroraddict.com, it's going to be a marketplace where there's, we're going to talk about some things that are on the marketplace in the collector's corner, things that you might be able to buy, things that might you might be able to put up on there. So that's kind of cool. We had New Chick Old Flick. We're going to have another one of those tonight, I believe. Uh, last week, Jen watched The Thing, and we got her opinion on that. We wrapped up our uh, show last week with um, sequels that were better than the originals. So uh, that's what you got to check out if you missed last week's episode. We we'll urge you to find it at Podbean. It's also right there on the website at thehorrorattic.com, or now it's available on iTunes. So plenty of ways to uh, check out the podcast there. As we move into this week, what do we got going on this week, fellas? Uh, we're going to be talking about remakes versus reboots and what each one means. Uh, what's the difference? Uh, new Chick Old Flick. Uh, my wife's going to be reviewing the... Clyde Barker classic Hellraiser and top five, um, all based on Stephen King film adaptions. Ooh, that one's going to be good. Let's get right into it. All right. It's the horror attic top five. <laughs> All right, the top five this week. Ooh. All right, take it away. What are we, uh, our top five? So you guys each have your top five, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, we couldn't yes. agree on any of them. So we just did our own. And I also, there's too many Stephen King movies to put into a poll. I know you're going to say that I'm being lazy, but I just put the question out there to one of the other horror movie groups and then also on our site and the feedback was astronomical it was a ton of stephen king so i had to personally vote or tally them by hand which i think you would appreciate holy cow we did get a lot of votes well no this is only the paper and pencil this is only the top 10 there was actually upwards to 25 movies that got votes but i only took the 10 highest ones ones. so yep wow that is it so let's start with um why don't you mention some (laughs) of the ones that people voted on like your honorable mentions let's go with some honorable mentions ones that didn't make the cut well the ones that didn't make the cut i put down well there was too many of them. There was too many that did not make the cut here. Probably 20 of them. I put down three that I was actually shocked that did not get one stinking vote. And I know this is going to kind of irk me and Anthony is that Creep Show did not get one vote out of. Yeah. That's I mean, amazing. there was at least 200 plus votes on it. Creep Show did not get one. Maximum Overdrive, granted, it's not a. Great movie. It's a nice cheese fest, actually directed by Stephen King. That one did not get one. And then also Graveyard Shift, which is also a guilty pleasure. Didn't make my top five, but... Oh, um, rats. <laughs> yeah. It's based says, on rats. Oh, so yeah, good one. <laughs> oh, That's a good one. A good go, one, Anthony. Man. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, those were the three shocking ones. So let's start with number 10 would be The Mist. Had eight uh, people pick that one. Uh, Number nine, The Dead Zone, which I absolutely loved. I thought that would have got a lot more. And now, Anthony, is that one in your top five? The Dead Zone? No. Yeah. 
Okay, move on. All right, number eight, the Green Mile. Tom Hanks got thirteen. Actually, really, you listed that. I mean, it's not a it's not a horror movie though. But we're just doing Stephen King movies. Okay, okay. correct. Stephen King adaptions. Okay. Um, Tied with that one would be Cujo with thirteen. Another classic. Uh, Silver Bullet also with thirteen. Every listener on this show has probably heard a ton of Silver Bullet to this point. I think we've mentioned that movie yeah, in every show, haven't we? Yeah, I think it's I think it's come up in yeah, almost every show. Wolf. It should be just the Silver Bullet podcast. Uh, let's I mean, pass that's all on we that talk one. about. Stand uh, by me on the list. Wow. Now we're getting into the goodies here. Let's see. We had a pretty good amount of votes though. Oh, yes, yeah. there was Stephen King. Yeah, there was a lot. Actually, I meant it to be film adaptions, but people were putting on some of the TV adaptions. You know, it technically that was a mini series, but I counted it. It just didn't make the cut. Uh, number four, we have Christine with fifteen votes. Okay, number three, we have Misery. Oh, I love sixteen. Misery. That was Are a great really? movie. That was really a great movie. So you've actually seen this one? Uh, I have seen uh, The Green Mile, uh, Stand By Me, Christine, or uh, Misery. Actually, I've seen the, the one and two and three as well. Really? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Were you a fan I mean, of Misery, Anthony? Oh, yeah. It was a good film. Kathy Bates did a wonderful job, and uh, James Caan. I love James it when Con she puts Godfather. that. I love it when she puts that board between his. Oh, legs. I was gonna uh. say, don't even mention that. That is just. So we're at number three was misery. Number two, number two, The Shining with eighteen votes. That's so a good I one. Know that is a good one. And then we finish it off with number one with twenty-one votes was Shawshank Redemption. Yay. Which is amazing because it's a short story that's been adapted. And what's funny about it is Stephen King actually sold that for a dollar. What? For, to, for, yeah. He sold it for a dollar. Uh, Frank Darabont made that film, and basically Stephen King said, send me the script, and if I like it, you can go ahead and do it. And for a buck. Made. Yep. And did he did he get any of the revenue that it's made? Because that was a huge film. Yeah, he controls the distribution of it, um, and they just kind of worked out an agreement. He has to, you know, mark all the X's and say it's worth making, and then you can go ahead and do what you want, except for dis- distribute it. So let me ask you this, Anthony: with a lot of these movies that are coming out, I'm sure the, I mean, we know the actors make a lot of money on it. But you've got people like the writers, the screenplay people, and the directors. Are they making that kind of money, good money on these movies? Or who's no, really who's really money, making the money? The directors and the writers. They're really making the money, the directors and the writers? Yeah, and of course the stars of the movie. I mean, there might be a percentage inside their contract saying they get so much depending on how the overall books look. Okay. And then, like, whoever holds the, what, the distribution? Who normally gets the distribution rights to them? Depends on who's working out the deals. Hmm. It's usually not uh, mainstream knowledge, but it all comes down to I'm not to a filmmaker. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's why I asked him, because Anthony's worked on yep. some films, so I just wondering, yeah, where's the money like going? This. Yeah. All right, well, let's go on to you guys' top five. All right, Anthony, why don't you st- why don't you start uh, with your? You say your number five, and I'll go with my number five. Uh, number five is The Shining. Mm-hmm. Here's Johnny. Uh, number I mean, five, do, I have. Oh, go ahead. Do you think that movie was one of the movies that really put uh, Jack Nicholson on the map? Uh, I'd have I to mean, say One active. Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, that's yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, I would give him that and then Shining was next. And what's yours, Paul, number Joker? five? Uh I have a brand new movie to our list, uh the Silver <laughs> Bullet. <laughs> <laughs> yep, brand new. Starring Corey we... number two. 
Yeah, I don't think we need to talk about that one. We've covered that enough in the last couple episodes. (laughs) I know. It's the Silver Bullet podcast. (laughs) What's your number four, Anthony? Salem's Lot, which came out in 79. Oh, so it's close to 80s, yeah. I I don't think I've seen that one. I still get Uh, freaked out with that kid hovering outside the window. Moving on to you, Paul, number four. I have Creepshow, the one that got zero votes from the public, but... How how that is not in a Stephen King top five, I don't know. I mean... It, it's nuts because you go to these conventions and you see people wearing Creepshow shirts all the time. I know. That's what I don't understand. I, I don't get it. Tom Atkins, Adrian Barbeau, Stephen King, E.G. Marshall, Ed Harris, and he also did another uh, Stephen King movie with Needful Things. Special effects by Tom Savini, you know, the... 80s slasher i mean he's the man when it comes to special effects but how that was not in the top i mean actually it wasn't even in the top 25 no kidding for any of them down to number three with anthony what do we got buddy i chose an odd one the night flyer tell me about that that. why is that odd Uh, because that's not one that really people think about it's one of those films that, unless you're like a diehard Stephen King fan, you would maybe choose it in your top 20 or something like that. But I went against the grain. I've always liked that t- that film, The Night Flyer. Which, you know, I think a lot of people uh, that are in my category didn't realize that movies like Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile uh, or Stand By Me even were Stephen King movies. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I think, it, and I don't know what the Night Flyer is about, to be honest with you, but that could be one of those two that people don't even realize. That's a Stephen King movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, Paul, your number three, which was one I just mentioned. Stand by me. When the on, night uh, has come. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Okay. That's, that's it. That's it. But the yeah, stand by me. Based on his, yep. Based on the body and also starring Corey number one. Well, I mean, it starred more than Corey number one. There was a plethora well, of Kiefer, people in that. Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland, Will Wheaton, Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, yeah. Oh, phenomenal. Will Wheaton. Yeah, Will Wheaton goes <laughs> oh. from Stand By Me to Big Bang Theory. Did he do anything in between? Oh, Star Trek. Wesley Crusher. Number two, which is one uh, that really, Anthony, this movie is, I have seen this one. And it's freaked me out just based on where yes. we live in this state. And your number oh, yes. two is what? Children of the Corn. Yeah. Ooh. See, yes, anybody that I lives did. in a rural area where there's mm-hmm. cornfields and you've seen this movie, you don't want to go near a cornfield. Oh, you don't at all. What? I mean, there's actually a group um, this coming summer you can get tickets to go watch Children of the Corn on a portable screen in the city center in this you know the where the flagpole is in the middle of that town in Iowa. Oh, that'd be They're cool. Having, yeah, that would be pretty cool. They're doing a viewing of that this summer. And number two for you, Paul? I got Shawshank Redemption. Oh, you gotta get busy living or get busy dying. Every time that's on, I have to watch it, no matter what you know, you it's know. so true. That's one of those movies that if it's on, I'm going to watch, watch it. it. It's yep. like it's like any of the Jack Reachers. I'll watch those if they're on. And they Anything. were on last night. <laughs> yeah. The Born Identity, any Born movie, if it's on, I'm going to watch it. Same with Shawshank Redemption. If it's on, I'm going to watch it. Yep. Jaws. Cocktail. To. Did you really say Cocktail? That movie was <laughs> the yeah, worst that's, movie that- that's my guilty pleasure anytime it's on showgirls oh my god you guys are losing credibility now on my part of the show (laughs) you're both just your your points went way down between showgirls and cocktail so back to the shawshank redemption yeah huge huge cast william stadler morgan freeman well obviously morgan freeman tim robbins you know it was always the uh the warden the warden's the one that always got under my skin (laughs) uh Great movie. Great movie. Number one for Anthony is what? Uh, this is a home run. Creep show. Why is that one your favorite? It's, to be honest, it's one of the first, like, 
trilogy stories that I've ever watched that like really was something that brought me into watching Stephen King films. So, All right. you know, I'd, it's like you're watching I'd a watch comic it. book. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it's like I've never seen something like this, and what is this? And then, of course, they made a second one. Which is funny because it got zero votes for the public. I, I, mean, I think that might be one where people just didn't, you know, because there wasn't a book creep show. Yep. You know, I, I'm, I'm almost positive that's but, why it did not get But what I'm surprised votes. is you got Leslie Nielsen in it. You got Ted Danson in it. And they were at their prime during that time, kind of, you know. Yeah. Cheers E.G. Marshall? And- I got a question. What's your, what's your number one, Paul? The Dead Zone. Okay. Christopher, the, Walken. Christopher Walken's in that one. Yes. Oh, I, I love this movie. The first time I saw it, Christopher Walken, Martin Sheen, the ultimate douchebag in the movie. Christopher Walken playing Christopher Walken, because that's all he ever plays, <laughs> is Christopher Walken. You got to see it. I guarantee you, you would like it. You know, it's not some gory type movie. It's just, you know, he goes through a traumatic event and when he touches people's hands or other things that people have touched and all that, he can see the future and, you know, what has happened to that person. So it's it's pretty neat. It's really neat. So it's pre-COVID, you know, because you can't touch yeah. people now. So Yeah. See, I'm but, surprised. Don't, I'm sure there's a, a COVID horror movie out already. Oh, yeah. There is there's a zombie film. So let me ask you this now, because Stephen King, of course, is a legendary author. And a lot of these are based on his books, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So did the movies that were based on books do better in the theaters than the ones that were not? You know, uh, I, can, I don't know. I, can, I don't think a lot of his movies were huge huge you know blockbuster money makers i mean the biggest ones were probably you know the more subtle horror ones like stand by me and shawshank and the green misery yeah the shining yeah yeah yes but they had more of a mass appeal more more of the 90s 90s films not so much the 80s films yeah Uh, the marketing was different too so well, another yeah. question, a, a true horror fan such as yourselves, do you put those movies, The Shawshank Redemption, Misery, Stand By Me, The Green Mile, are those, is those in a different category for you guys than the other movies uh, and books that he put out? For me, yes. yes. And yeah, in my DVD collections here, those are not, those are more in the dramatic areas than they are over in the you know maximum overdrive christine category children of the corn yeah they're they're in a different area so so do you think uh while we're standing we're talking about stephen king movies here and that we are top five and now we're just kind of expanding on it uh don't forget you can always go check out the facebook page and become a, a member of our group the horror addict that's on the facebook yes. page so movies like it pet cemetery things like that do you think they mm-hmm. they went too mainstream for the true stephen king fan no i mean pet cemetery i mean back in the late 80s i mean you know they tried to remake it just a few years ago but pet cemetery i put that with all of the other 80 you know christine and children of the corn i mean they really pumped out a lot of stephen king movies in the eighties. And I, I mean, Anthony did, and were any of them like huge blockbusters? No, like I said, I, mean, it's I don't basically think so. the nineties, nineties films were kind of not huge blockbusters, but they were, you know, they were up there on the charts, like the it's and, uh, children of the corns were just, were just kind of looked down upon. I mean, the hardcore Stephen King fans will definitely go see it because they want to see the comparison from, book to film and that's pretty tough to make you know as well, a filmmaker it's it's a lot easier to write a book than make a movie what's the phenomenon with the new it it's uh, because of the age range horror fans in the 80s are way different than you know the 20 year olds late teens nowadays i mean that one really 
appealed to him just a little bit more modern i think maybe a little bit more scarier than the original i still love the original but oh yeah i definitely think that the new it was you know just a bigger budget you know breaking it up into two big movies you know it costs five times as much to go to the theater now so it's gonna make five times as much money actors were really stars if you look at the original like it film i mean you got what harry anderson from night court uh you got john ritter from three's company you have like well-known actors i mean tim curry is pennywise you had well-known actors compared to the actors that are in the new film they're just like well who are these kids if they could make any one of them over again I mean, we had this on a, on a discussion last week, remakes better than the originals. But if there's anyone that they have not remade yet, which one would each of you guys like to see be remade? I'd have to go oh. with probably, well, you know, I'm not a huge fan of remakes, but man, that's tough. I mean, that's a I mean, cause, question. You know, they've remade they've got, a lot of these. Yeah, but they've got so much better technology now and everything else uh, as far as making movies that can really beef up. I mean, of course, you, you guys are fans of the originals, but mm-hmm. with the technology they have today, would Children of the Corn, which they did remake, but they could yep. even remake it better now, you know, or like Cujo, would that be better That's made That's the one today? that I'd probably go with. Yeah. Uh, that'd be rough to remake that one, possibly, with like, you think because of the whole animal they don't do a CGI and, dog. <laughs> oh, they probably would. You know, you know, I would. My choice would be something like thinner, possibly something like the Oddball. Yeah, um, I can Dark see him doing Stand by Stand by Me because it's so simple. I'm but, surprised they oh. haven't done Stand by Me over again. Uh, it was. It's a perfect film. I mean, it's a simple. Yeah, film. there's just some you don't touch. There's some you don't touch. I mean, I do know that they're making a re, they're do remaking Children of the Corn right now. Again. I know. <laughs> uh, again. Well, there was only, what, six in the first series? You can get, like, a <laughs> multi-pack of them. Well, I didn't... Uh, why would they do that? I mean, I can see well, maybe see, that's exactly something. Right. That's Making it once over again, maybe make it two times. Okay, I can see that. But to continue to rehash it... Ugh. I know. Come up with something original, please. You know, remake Firestarter. You know? Could be a hot with film. Drew Barrymore. With Drew Barrymore, did know. they remake Carrie? Yes. Yes, they did. They did that. Uh, what was it over five years ago? And I think this is like what the third time they've remade Carrie. Really? Second or third time? Yeah. So There's is a that Carrie two? Do you think when they remake these movies, is it putting more light on the previous version? Do you think people are watching them both? No, I think they're just Fruit trying to cash will. in on the yeah, cash in on the younger crowd. But Stephen King's been around for a long time, and what has he got coming up? Does he have anything in the can yet, so to say that that he's working on that we're going to get to see from him? I'm not aware. I do not really pay. You know, I'm on my horror sites, and when stuff pops up, I don't go digging. I have not seen anything on that. I think we have our top five for tonight. Uh, Don't forget, we love your input. Uh, Paul, you're always throwing something up on the social medias, the Facebook. Uh, Anthony's covering the Twitter. uh, And then we're going to post stuff up on there before every show so you guys can vote on it yourself because we don't have content unless you give it to us. Now, Uh, hey, we always want your help. That way uh, you're part of the podcast as well. Uh, Coming up, we still have New Chick Old Flick. And our closing topic is on the way. New chick. That's never going to be cool. Old flick. Just the facts, man. All right, new chick, old flick. If you're not familiar with this, Paul's wife, Jen, not a huge horror buff, but of course, married to Paul, she kind of has had to learn to be a horror buff. Uh, wouldn't you say, it's a Paul? Gift. It's a gift. She's, a g- she's hit the jackpot. She's hit the jackpot. Okay, so every week or every podcast... We ask her to uh, review a movie, one that she hasn't seen. And and the list keeps growing that she keeps seeing more, correct? I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to keep going, baby. So this week, we've asked her to check out the film Hellraiser. Now, like, the thing is, she doesn't normally watch it. So she's new. She's the new chick to horror flicks. And all these, yep. of course, are older because, you know, the podcast is based on the, the 80s horror flicks. And this week, she watched 
Hellraiser. And well, let's take it away. What does John have to say about the Hellraiser? Let's hit it off, John. <laughs> Clyde Barker, eighty-seven classic. Tell us about it. Uh, surprisingly, I liked it. I I wasn't sure what to expect, and um, I had a preconceived notion of what was in the movie or what what it was about. Um, prior Let me to ask you there. It. Hold on. When you when you say you had a preconceived notion, what what, yeah. do you, what, do you, what does that mean to you? Is it are you basing that on the title? Are you basing that on the picture, the cover? What are you basing your preconceived a, notion on Hellraiser of? That's a great question because I want to hear this one. I, I want to hear this. So I <laughs> I honestly have no clue what the movie was supposed to be about. But for some reason, I thought it was going to be about this demon that is somehow summoned and comes back to this world and creates all kinds of havoc. That's what I thought it was going to be about. See, I would have thought I right away it was... I would have thought right away it was about a toddler, really. I mean, because they're Hellraisers as it is. And I was well, like, maybe your kids. Yeah. Maybe yeah. your kiddies. So, okay, you're, so your preconceived notion was that uh, it wasn't, it was, it was a per- creature from hell. Yeah, yeah. It was like some kind of demon and it comes back and, you know, somehow it's summoned and it comes back to, to this world and it just creates all kinds of havoc. Okay, so you and got that all just like, from... You got that just from the the cover, basically, and the just, name. Yeah, yeah, just from the cover, just from the name. I had never seen it before. I didn't even really know anybody who had seen the movie before. But I think that main character is just iconic. Like, you don't, you don't even know what his name is, but you know what movie he's from. You know, it's funny, Pinhead. too, now. I think uh, this can spur into another segment of the program. Where Jen just tells us what the movie's about based on the main character. Yeah, yeah, look at the DVD box. Tell us all about it. Tell what us all is about this it. Movie about based on the DVD box. <laughs> Poltergeist. It's about kids watching TV. That yeah, is my favorite yeah. movie. That is my favorite scary movie. Okay, yeah. so yeah, with Hellraiser now, um, tell us about it. What did you think about the movie? So I thought it was pretty good. Um, it was definitely more gory than I was expecting. Um, but I should have known going into this that I was going to have to watch something that... It had... was hard to bite my tongue and not tell you about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to keep telling Paul, don't tell me anything. I already have this thing in my head of what this movie's about. Um, but no, it was pretty good. It The, the special effects, I think, were pretty awesome. Um, the storyline was fine. I mean, it's an older movie, so you gotta kind of take that into consideration. But um, it was it was better than what I expected, but different than what I expected. You know what I like about you being on the mic because I knew you would eventually come to this. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was gonna cave. She was gonna. Yeah, cave. I knew you'd cave eventually. And now, now that you're here, I can ask you more questions about. Your, your movie viewing uh, when you're watching these horror flicks. And we can get a little bit more into detail because you don't watch a ton of them. Now, you've had to watch some because who you're married to. Um, but when you go into watching one of these movies, are you expecting a good story line with it? Or are you just expecting blood, guts, and gore and who's dying this time? No, I am expecting a good storyline. Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, Every I, slasher movie has a great storyline. Every one of them. I don't know. Now, really? I honestly, I would not have her sit down and watch some just absolute bloodbath, slash, you know, some just gory, demented movie. I know that would turn her off. Hellraiser is probably right at that border. I honestly was shocked when she told me that she really liked it. I mean, I could tell she wasn't getting up and leaving. I well, wasn't that's on a my good phone. Thing. She right? wasn't on her phone. <laughs> Usually if I peek over at her and I can see her like scrolling through on the internet on her phone, that's kind you of know, a telltale sign her. right there. Yeah, yeah it, it's a goner. Her. It's a oh, goner. Yeah, yeah. I was like the howling. Man, I think I was on my phone the entire time. <laughs> I couldn't wait for that movie to be over. <laughs> oh my God. So Boo. are you, when you're watching these movies, are you expected expecting a jump scare or... Are you actually scared watching the movie? Are you just like, uh, it's just more blood and guts, more slashers, somebody's getting stalked? 
No, I'm not scared. Well, I shouldn't say I'm not usually scared while watching the movie, but I like a good jump scene. Like, I feel like that should be in every scary movie, at least one scene that makes you jump out of your chair. I agree. I agree. If you're going to watch a movie in this genre, there should be something to uh, get your blood racing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the difference between, you know, like slashers. Slashers really don't have the, you know, they may do something that pops up and kind of startles, startles you a little bit. But besides that, I mean, slashers are not known to be, you know, getting you to jump out of your seats. You know, that's, so the main that's character. kind of the difference of it. Panhead's main character in this. What would you think of him as a main character? I was expecting to see more of him. Like, he wasn't in the movie very very much. When he was in there, it was pretty cool. Um, his voice is cool. Certainly his look is pretty cool. Um, you know he's a bad dude. But um, I, I was surprised that he wasn't in there more. Okay. Paul, do you have any questions for her? Well, she already answered the big one that I really wanted to ask her was what she... Because I could tell the week leading up to it that she had a totally different view of it. And it I really had to bite my tongue. I didn't want to give anything <laughs> away. She told me to not say anything because I knew what was coming. Um, it's one of those movies. You either like it or you don't. Um, you know, it's a lower budget compared to, like, say, The Thing or The Howling. You know, it's not a big budget, but my biggest thing would be, you know, what's how many stars you put this on the Jaws scale? On the Jaws scale? Well, the Jaws scale is perfect. That's a number five. Okay. You know? <laughs> so that's the five's the highest. Five is the highest. That's that's Jaws. Um, I'd I'd say this is a good three and a half. Okay. I'd watch it again. Well, I'll see oh, that right there is that's a yeah. good sign. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Now, my question is, because I've never seen the movie, how does Pinhead get to become Pinhead? Uh, that is revealed in future sequels. You really oh. don't, you don't know. So there's a, there's a lot of people out there. Hellraiser was popular, and then they came out, I believe it was a year or two years later with Hellbound. I'm not sure on the years on that. But Hellbound, Hellraiser 2 came out pretty close after this one, and they did do more of a backstory on that. There's a lot of people that do like Hellbound more than Hellraiser. I'm probably one of them. I'm probably one of them. So I got to watch the second one? Yeah, we're going to watch that tonight when we're done. (laughs) Now, what is she watching? What's the next assignment for her to watch? How are we handling this? Uh, I'm going to pick five movies, and I'm going to put a poll out there. And I'm going to let the public pick which one. We're going to run it through the rest of this week and give her a week to watch it. All right, there we have it. That's new chick, old flick. Thank you, Jen. It's nice to have you finally on a microphone because I knew knew it would come eventually. You'd get bit by that bug. We knew it. Thanks, guys, for having me on. I appreciate it. The Horror Attic Podcast. Let the discussion begin. I don't know what we're yelling about! It's the Horror Attic Podcast. All right, our final discussion. What's our final discussion tonight, guys? Original movies that are worse than its sequels. What? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. That's what we did did that last week. (laughs) No, that was sequels better than the originals. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm thinking, wait a second. Didn't we just do that one? <laughs> All well, right. We're already however, four shows in. we got to start regurgitating now. Uh, however you want to spin it is fine with me, I guess. Okay. This is one that me and Anthony on the phone the other night, we got into a pretty good conversation. And he, you know, he proposed a question to me that he had read on a what was it a facebook page or twitter or something anthony on twitter a lot people are talking about the difference between reboots and remakes and i think sometimes people just kind of get confused um because it kind of confused me at the beginning when i started looking into it but then i explained it to you and you totally understood it then 
All right, so yeah, explain it to me. the way you explain <laughs> A reboot. So t- when I see reboot, I'm thinking, oh, they're just remaking it. Yeah, I think me and Anthony, before, you know, we ended our conversation, we came, you know, the consensus was is that a reboot is a relaunching or reimagination, reimagining a series. Yes. And a remake is a singular redoing of one movie. So yes. Children Does of that the Corn. Sense? So Children of the Corn being remade. If they're planning on it being a series, they're probably going to call it a reboot. I mean, when there was six or seven original Children of the Corns, they ain't doing this as a one-off. No, probably they're going to try and make the money. <laughs> All right. I'm still a little bit confused here. I'm sorry. I, I think I'm run, my Ritalin's running out. Take another. <laughs> okay. I'll be so if they, did for, if they did Misery, that would be a remake. Because there wasn't a series. Now, if Misery had six films in it, then it'd be a reboot. Okay. I agree. I agree. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Let me me expand on that. If they continued the story of Misery somehow, what would that be called? More miserable? (laughs) But what does that fall under? Does that fall under a reboot? A remake, a continuation. Where does that remake? Fall? Remake. They wouldn't be planning on a series yeah. of you know a movie like that. Come on, that's well. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. What is that? You know, because sometimes, um, well, for instance, Silence of the Lambs, the the Red Dragon flick. The original was called Manhunter. Then they did Red Dragon, yes. and it's 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 a different movie for the most part. Mm-hmm. So what is that called? No, if they wanted to redo Manhunter and start in that series through, you know, Red Dragon and Silence of the Lambs and Handball and all that, that would be rebooting the series. Okay, so like they re- they rebooted the series with Silence of the Lambs because Manhunter was the original. Then Silence of the Lambs came out, and then Hannibal came out. Then the Red Dragon came out. So they went way back and started it all over again. Like a prequel to Silence of the Lambs. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of series nowadays that, you know, maybe they run out of good material for the current. So they'll be like, hey, let's do this backstory. So let's do a prequel. I mean, that that's not rebooting. That's kind of filling in some past storyline that fits into the timeline. But, you know, we're talking Friday the 13th series, you know, back in 09, they tried to reboot it to start a whole new series you know a nightmare in elm street they tried to reboot the series you know friday 13th and halloween and you know those are the main horror films that they try to reboot because those were what i would consider as cash cows yeah big money makers i mean you know they're made for five or ten million dollars i mean the friday 13th back in the day were made for two million you know and they make 15, you know, but that's back in 82 or 83. So, all right, let me throw another one at you. What about when they say Freddy versus Jason? What is that? Why would they do that? What is that called? Because we had already the Freddy movies, but that's not a series. I'm so confused here. No, a series on Friday 13th is a series one through. 13, 14, mm-hmm. Halloween was one through six, seven, what is it, eight or nine of them? Then they tried to reboot it by starting over and kind of using the material that had already been done and just starting it to take the money out of the young, like you know, the horror fans nowadays. Again. Yeah, they're starting They're rebooting it Halloween once over. again. When you say Freddy versus Jason, is it like its own standalone then? Well, it's in the original... Friday. The, I mean, granted, I do believe it is somewhat of a standalone. It really doesn't fit in too much of a timeline of the original Friday the 13th considered part of that series because it was, I mean, that was pretty much a standalone like Jason X was. So remaking a Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, I believe that would be just a remake because you're not rebooting a series. There wasn't a series based on Freddy versus Jason. That was just a single part in that original series. So the layman like mm-hmm. me, when you say a series, give me an example of a series. Friday 13th. Friday 13th. Okay, Halloween. so... Halloween. 
So when they reboot a series, because I'm just trying to follow along here. Mm-hmm. So they have, what, 11 Friday the 13th, whatever, 12? If they're going yeah, to was... reboot them, are they starting over at number one? Correct. You know, most of them start with an origin. Yes, okay. it's starting from the beginning. Okay, so if I see another Friday the 13th advertised, if it's not XII or XV or whatever, they're starting it over. That's most likely a reboot. Yeah, they tried in 09 and it faltered. We don't know what's coming next for Friday the 13th because there's a big legal battle for the rights. So that is, that is on hiatus right now. Now, Halloween. The same thing for Nightwear on, on Elm Street is the same thing. Yes. That's a perfect one there, Anthony. Yeah. Give me some examples then and give everybody else some examples of what are some reboots that have been done. That they tried would be A Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween with the Rob Zombies. That was kind of a reboot because it started with the origin of, you know, that was his retelling of... You know, why Michael Myers was the way he was, but that faltered after part two. So that was, they came out with another Halloween after that, that was connected to the original series. So that is not a reboot. You know, they're not really rebooting the series. They're, what is there, like four or five different timelines for Halloween. There's, Halloween really goes all over the place. Well, you got different directors, different writers, and... It's not like Carpenter, who you try to connect everything together. And So are there any reboots that were successful? Not, not that I'm aware of. I think it's just, uh, like you said, cash cow. Okay, so I think so. I get an understanding of the reboots. Now, let's talk about remakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got, what, Night of the Demons? That was a remake. Yeah. What are the, the remakes? That's another. So basically a remake... Is a single standalone movie. Bingo. That they go and remake. You got it. Now You've I'm following something. the bouncing ball. You have learned something tonight. That's that's and that's what this is really all about. If Correct. I learn something, chances are somebody else is learning something. Yes. Because I'm sure I'm not the only idiot in the room when this is playing. No, I don't think of you as an idiot. No, there's other words I think of myself, but. So we're in agreement then, or you're in agreement that reboots stink. And most remakes do too. Yeah, like Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a movie you would like to see remade? No. Ooh, man. I know, I posed the tough questions. You know, I'm a traditional, I, I don't like people messing with original material. No, just you leave know? it as is. Correct. I mean, I wasn't even crazy about the It films. I'm like, come on, stop touching it. And then people getting excited about the It films, and I'm like, well, let me look at who's excited about it. 18-year-olds and younger, and they're the ones that are excited about the It films. I'm like, not for me. I went to go see them because I can't say they were bad unless I saw the material to come up with my opinion. See, and that's something I have a problem with. I, I completely understand where you're coming from because there's movies that I would never, ever want to see remade again, ever. Because I mean, and they're not horror movies, like Back to the Future. To me, I knew you were going to no say reason, that. There's no reason there's, to remake Back happen. to the Future. They already ruined it with two and three. Um, no, they did not. Oh, uh, yeah, they did. Those were horrible. I loved all of them. I loved all of them. I like them all, but none of them stand up to number one. I mean, they progressively got worse. To me, I can say that's a movie that I do not want ever to be remade. But I'm okay. sure... Goonies. Goonies. Here's the problem I see with, with the Goonies, or even with Stand By Me. You don't have a class of young actors that are as popular that people identify with. I don't yes. think. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think mm-hmm. there's enough young actors right now that you can say... Let's stick these together, and they're going to be a blockbuster. No, no, no. That's that. That's what was great about back in the day. You know, it was the unknown. You know, that that just everything gelled, and careers were made out of those movies. Yeah, you had the Brat Pack, but look at the '80s films with like the Brat Pack. They all worked together on other films, and that's what made the film so well. Is they already knew what their acting capabilities were, and the friendships were there. So. I think and granted, it killed a lot of their so. careers. 
you know. I mean, you got they weren't thinking couple, about it at the time. I mean, no, you have a couple people um, that have succeeded in being in movies together that have been successful. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, you oh, know, yeah. not they've they've made a career together, so to say. But really, is there is there many other out there that you could even consider sticking these three, four characters, actors together to remake one of these movies? No, not nowadays, no. Everybody knows too much about everybody, you know, with the internet and everything. I mean, yep. you can look up everything on somebody. And Back it, in the day, there's nothing. No. It was you know? Teen Beat and whatever magazine was coming out, Fangoria. Yeah. I mean, that's what you knew was happening. Not Now it's like, oh, for example, you can know what Corey Feldman's doing in a heartbeat. Check Instagram, check Twitter. There's no, like, mysterious... Not that you want you know, to know what's what behind Corey the, the sheet. Doing. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to know what he's doing. Uh, <laughs> well, he had a good ride. He had a good ride in the eighties. I mean, he really did. Friday Thirteenth, you know, Goonies, Stand by Me, Gremlins, Gremlins uh, Lost Boys. I mean, he had a good run mm-hmm. in the eighties. He did. oh yeah, no, he did, and then he fell off the deep end for sure. I mean, he oh, he's a license to drive. Yeah. I read his book, and he went through a lot. So. You're the only person. Yeah. <laughs> You're the only person. Did you ever go see him and his dolls that perform? Oh, my God. Yep. Yes, no. I did. Oh. I went and saw him in Joliet, Corey's Angels. Ford. Yeah, I saw yep, it there. Yep, I, I was, was there. there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame that we were both there. We both wasted. Well, I didn't waste any money on it, but you did, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like a buy one, get one free. Yeah, I think I think oh. you could bring your whole family to get in for that one. It's buy one ticket and bring as many people in your family as you want. <laughs> buy one unlimited free. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. <laughs> one thing I want Paul to bring up is Jaws. We're talking about remakes. Oh, you think they should sense. remake Jaws? <laughs> why? Never. What do you, you mean? Tell me why? they couldn't make a film. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a per. It's one of those <laughs> untouchable movies that you just don't screw with i mean what director or producer or screenwriter would want to take on remaking a movie like that you know knowing that it's gonna flounder for nolan no there's no way i mean that's like remaking the godfather Oh, it's going to yeah, happen. That'll just, happen. You know it will. Oh, yeah, that'll happen. Just, Except it'll be just, meth this time instead of coke. No, it'll be like LL Cool J and somebody else. And Oh, it totally would. It would totally, it would totally uh, take a different uh, ethnic background Denzel. spin to it. Yeah, Denzel, I can see doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Denzel, LL like Cool J, 50 Cent. All those Ja Rule, they're all going to be in it if they do it. And if they, do, if they don't make it, we got the copyright on that right now. We just mentioned it. It's a brilliant idea. Okay. And with that, <laughs> I think we've Good come night. to our conclusion. Reboots stink. Remakes. Remakes stink. 90% stink. And if reboot. you can make a reboot series, congratulations, I give you credit, because if you can find the money to continue on and not take a financial loss, like a lot of them do, no. I don't think series work nowadays. They don't. Friday 13th came out every year back in the 80s. Yep. It was perfect. Well, there was no streaming, too. There was no streaming, no. and you know, VHSs really were on a slow rise, but not everybody could afford a VCR. So, movie theaters are almost your cheapest way. Well, and those are going by the wayside. It seems like right now it, it's terrible that they are. They'll be back. They'll be I'm back. sure they'll be back eventually here. Uh, I did see, not to change the subject, but those all those people that bought in the GameStop, uh, GameStop thing that's mm-hmm. recently happened, now they're putting all their money towards uh, AMC, AMC theaters. So I applaud their efforts. I mean, because those are, are businesses that, um, like you guys and I, I love to go to the theater. And see oh, yeah. a movie. Now I'm not going to go to. The, there's certain movies I'll go to the theater for, and there's some that Correct. I'll just say, "Ah, wait, I'll just wait for that one to come out on DVD or whatever." Yep. Yeah, but here's the thing: if theaters were already in trouble during the the beginning of the pandemic and in the middle of it, which we're kind of still in the middle, what do you? Th- why do you think they're going to rise again? Oh, the well, people I mean, getting they were out. Not even getting ten people per theater. I mean, yeah, I would but, attend, and I'd have two people with me. That's true. But I will not pay 
25 bucks to watch no. a new movie. I'll go no, to the theater see, and pay there's 10. a movie pass. Yeah, but I'll pay you 10 bucks. You can get a movie pass, AMC movie pass. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'll I'll pay 10 bucks or whatever to go to the movie theater. Mm-hmm. But to rent something, some of these new movies, like, I'll be honest with you, I got suckered into Wonder Woman uh, with the HBO Max thing, and that was a waste of money because Wonder Woman 1984 blew chunks. <laughs> So I'm not going to rent. Yeah, that's a whole different movie. Yeah, but that's, uh, see, I'm those not are gonna, movies you need to see in theater. Yeah, and but I'm not going to pay any of these new movies that come out. I look, and I'm like, I'm not paying 25 bucks for that. I mean, I'll wait for it to be on free or five ninety nine. but I'm not going to. If the movie came out and I wanted to see it, I'm going to go to the theater before I'm going to pay 25 bucks to see it at home. Mm-hmm, exactly. Oh. I mean, that's, So that's why I think theaters can come back. Because you have those movies that, all right, I'll, you know, it's a date, it's a date thing, you know, people are going to go on dates and they're going to go watch the movies. But yeah, I I can see that. So I think think people are kind of easing into going back to theaters and not as scared. I think, I think we'll get there eventually. We should be there now, but that's a whole different podcast. I think people will go back there and... It'll be dates. It'll be as soon as things open up. I'll tell you what. There's going to be so many cartoons that hit theaters. Mm-hmm. It's going to be crazy because they would be stupid not to capitalize on dragging these kids out to get them out of the house to go see a movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, we first have to get them into school. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. that's our uh, podcast for today. Unless you guys got anything else you want to add, uh, don't forget you can download the podcast through Podbean or you can go to Apple. Uh, whether you get the the podcast thing they have, or it's available on iTunes as well. Uh, but don't forget the website as well, thehorroraddict.com. Follow us on Twitter, uh, and that is the Horror Addict 2020, or just Horror Addict 2020. Not the the. There's yes. no the the in there. No so the. Make sure no. you check that out, and please follow us. Uh, join our group on Facebook. It's free to join. We'd love to interact with you, and you can always let us know uh, different things you'd like us to talk about. Or disagree with us on the podcast, our opinions. It's always no. open to interpretation. <laughs> yes, please like be- have some feedback. Yeah, feedback is wonderful. We Paul doesn't it. like to be disagreed with, but uh, nobody's I as perfect it. as me. The Horror Attic Podcast has been produced and directed by Radio Communications. All opinions expressed are that of the hosts and do not reflect the official policy or position of Radio Communications. This program may contain copyrighted material, the use of which has not been specifically authorized by the copyright owner and are being used under the Fair Use Act. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Remember... Always look over your shoulder, don't walk down a dark street at night, and always stay scared.